I greet you all in the wonderful name of the living Jesus Christ, our Lord and our wonderful Savior. Once again, it's only by God's grace, God's mercy that I'm able to stand here today and be talking to you, whether you're at home, you're at work, wherever you may be, whether it's morning, afternoon or evening. But I thank the Lord for opening this opportunity so that I can share his word with you. It's not by might, nor by power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord that I'm able to do this. It's not because I am worthy, but it's just the love, the favor, and the grace of God that is upon me at this present moment. Once again, we thank everyone that have be, that has been responding. Um, even those that are not responding, we trust that at the end of the day, the Lord is doing his work through this podcast in your life. And last week, we spoke about our toxicity towards God and we were talking about prayer. And I believe this week um, we are still on the same subject, our toxicity towards God. But this time around, we are speaking about our expectation of miracles and how we, 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 we miracles that we pray for tend to affect our relationship with God. Ladies and gentlemen, our toxicity towards God. Today, we are still going to be reading from the same chapter as last week, Matthew chapter 6. But it's just this week we are reading verse 33. It reads as follows in the Good News Version. Instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you. And he will provide you with all other things. Let me read that again. Instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you. And he will provide you with all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom. That's what that scripture means. That's what other versions say. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. That's what we're going to be talking about today. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. In the mighty name of the living Jesus Christ. Amen. First statement that I would like to make today before I get to my contextualization is that your situation does not define God. Your situation does not define God. Now, most of the time we tend to run away from relationships that often drain us. We often run away from relationships that take from us. As we said last week, we often um, 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 call people the people that usually take from us and never give anything back, we often call those people toxic. We often say if someone looks at you and defines you with what they can get from you, then that person is toxic. That person is bad news. We cannot have that person, those type of people, those kind of people in our lives where they can only see you because of the things that you have whatever that you have to offer unto them if they are to gain from your life if they are just there to suck um, something out of you they're never pouring anything back then we classify those people toxic and most of the time we never realize that we are doing the same thing to god 
that most of the time we are on the expecting end and never giving anything to God. But this time around, it's not just about the prayers. If you didn't listen to to last week's episode, please do start there and then move on to this week, what we are talking about now. Now, we are not just discussing this aspect in prayer, but also when it comes to the miracles that we expect God to ensure that comes to pass. We often stand and pray and pray and pray that God intervene, that God will want a miracle, we want it now. We often pray for miracles, but never playing our roles when it comes to God. I take in the time to, 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 to find a definition for a miracle. And the best definition that I could find is that a miracle is, ex- is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs, meaning God, divinity, intervenes in human affairs. We got that from Merriam-Webster online. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we pray for. Most of the time, this is what we are expected of, that God make sure that you intervene in my situation. That most of the time when God does not intervene, we often define our relationship with God and the way that we're going to relate with God in accordance to whether has God intervened in our situation or has God delivered a miracle in my life or not. Sometimes we take a step back from praising God. Often, When we are looking at the challenges, the situations that surround us, we often allow that to affect us to an extent that we don't even believe in the power of God because we often think that the situation that we are surrounded with is what defines God. That sometimes we often compress the image of God to the image that we have in our heads, that if God does not come through for me in my finances, then it means that God does not care. God is is, is non-existent, that God is, 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 is somewhat distant from me. Often we've heard a lot of people that say that I used to be Christian until God did not deliver my mother until God did not heal my parent, until God did not heal my child. And as a result, I stopped believing in God. We are so expectant that we define the lines where God needs to intervene in our lives, that we do not want a relationship with God, but we want miracles from God. And if he does not deliver those miracles, then we dent the relationship. We often stipulate what God should do in our lives. And if he he doesn't do those things, we often be discouraged. We move away from God. Sometimes we have more faith in God when we have materialistic things that we can point at to say that God did that. Sometimes we don't even give God the credit for most of the things that he has done in our lives. And most of the time, we spend a lot of time worried about our situations. We often spend 
80% of our time, 70% of our time, thinking about the things that are not going right. Even in our times of prayer, we do not really place our mind in the fact that we are praying to God. We're supposed to have a relationship with God. But we often think about everything that is not going right. And, and, and the only thing that is in your head that God, if you can just commit one miracle, then I'll be okay. And where we are reading today in Matthew chapter 6, it speaks about worrying. The scripture entirely is speaking about worrying that most of the time you often worry so much, not understanding that if you were to play your role and allow God to play his role, everything would be okay. That ladies and gentlemen, if you were to say, God, I'll handle my part, you handle your part. The scripture even asks us a question. Does worrying have any gain to you? The fact that you are worried, that the fact that you are just thinking about a miracle, the fact that the only thing that you can think about when you look at God is about what God can do for you. Because that's the one way that we look about look at God. Like for, 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 for many Christians, I, I, I would like to ask the questions, when was the last time you prayed a prayer without a request from God? I understand he is a God and he's the one that can change your situation. But does that mean you have to have requests all the time? We often tend to be discouraged by people that often ask and ask and ask and ask all the time. That many a times we often have requests in all of our prayers. Some of us don't even have anything to praise God for. That some of the times we don't even say thank you to God for the fact that we are still alive. Now, if I were to just go back in the same scripture to um, 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 verse 26, it reads as follows. Look at the birds. They don't sow seed, gather harvest, and put into barns. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than birds? Can any of you live a bit longer by worrying about it? Question is the fact that it's on your mind, that it even affects your time with God. That sometimes you do not even take the time just to pray to God because you're constantly thinking about your problems more than you're thinking about God. Sometimes we do not understand that we are worshipping our problems in our minds. Yes, let me say that again. We are worshipping our problems in our minds because you are constantly thinking about the problem, that you are edifying the strength of the problem, this, the strength of the challenge that you, are with, that you are going through, that you do not even think about the power of God or the greatness of God, that sometimes we only look at God because we need something from Him. That you do not think that he is the author and creator of our faith. That you do not think that he is above everything else. He's far more superior. In the book of Isaiah, he asks, who shall you compare me to? We never edify or magnify his name unless 
we are in trouble unless we need anything from him. Have you ever had a friend that when you are sitting down, you never have or you never hear from that friend? And when everything is good, when everything is, is fine in their lives, nothing happens. You'll never hear from them until they need something from you. We often point those people out and say that they are toxic. But how are you towards God? That sometimes we often say, we praise you, God. You deserve the best. We honor you. We worship you. But sometimes we really don't mean that. We are just saying all the nice things in order to get what we want. Have you ever heard of, have you, oh, have you ever experienced being in a friendship with someone that would often say all the nice things? I remember this one time, um, I'm, I'm, I was very hyperactive and very happy. I woke up um, and, and, and I was very, very, very happy. So I go to my brother this time and then I start um, I'm giving him all the clan praises that we have in our clan. So I, I, I continually say that and then he asked me, what is it that you want? Though it was a joke, we laughed about it because I've never done that before. But it gave me the mentality that he would think that I would even give all these praises because there's a request that will follow. And there was a request. But that's, what we, that's not what we're talking about. But today, this is the same thing that we do often to God, that we often put a front of beautiful words that we do not mean to him. We often say that we worship you and the creator, you're Jehovah Jireh, and, and we, we give all these things that we've heard from church that we don't even really understand, that we don't really mean. And then we say these things just because we need a miracle from him. What type of a relationship do you have with God? Is it a relationship where you actually just want things from Him without actually, actually wanting a relationship from Him? If you could access God's things without actually talking to Him, would you ever talk to Him? If you could access your miracles, and most of the time, we often have a defense mechanism that most of the time we think that we are praying or we are prayer warriors, that I am a praying Christian. Whereas you just go to God and all you do is request things from God. Where the only thing that you say to God is, God, may I please have this. And, and, and it's, it's a routine that every night you pray, you have a request from God. For God, actually. So tonight I'm here to say, according to the scripture, we usually ask from God because we are worried about something. We usually ask from God because we think that we do not have enough as yet. And the scripture says, this verse says, there's a part that says, God knows that you need these things. Whatever that you're currently praying for, God knows that you need it. Whatever miracle that you are desperate for, God knows that you need it. The scripture is here to prove that God is not an irresponsible God. 
And you can quote me on that. God is not an irresponsible God. He hasn't forgotten that you're in trouble. He hasn't forgotten that you are faced with a challenge. But it does not mean all you can say to him is a request. God, may I please have this. God, please do that. That's not all you can say to him. Your relationship with God should not be established only on requests. I understand that later on in chapter 7, in the book of Matthew, it will say, you must ask. But at the same time, there is a time for asking. But sometimes it shouldn't be the basis of your relationship. Don't see God only for the things that he has. The fact that he is the creator of the universe and can provide you with anything does not mean that that's the way that you should see him. There's more to God than the materialistic things that you request of him. There's more to God. He is a peace giver. There's more to God than just being a peace giver. When we look at Jesus... He is a wonderful counselor, but there's more to him than what you've been exposed to. Even the miracles that you think that he can do, there's more to him. He can do more. The Bible informs us he can do exceedingly, abundantly above all we may ask or think. There's still more to this God. So as a result, please do not limit your relationship with God to the things that you want with the things that are in your mind. God can surprise you. Handle God's business and he will handle your business. Handle God's wants and he will handle your wants as well. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to beg you, to ask you that please do not limit God to miracles. Do not limit him to just see him only for the fact of the things that he can do, all the miracles that he can make, anything that he can deliver to you. Do not limit the relationship. Some of us call themselves Christians, but all we see from God is the fact that he can do something for us. And that's not what God is all about. As I said, there's more to God. He can do more. What the scripture means, he can do exceedingly. Whatever that you ask, whatever that you need, he will provide more. That's God's nature. Whatever that you requested, you can request a 50, he'll give you a 60, a 70 or an 80. He can give you more than what you request. But at the end of the day, the Bible here commands us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Look for what makes God happy. Pour into the heart of God. Make sure your relationship with God is stable. Make sure God is happy with your prayer life. Make sure you listen to his word and you practice his word. Most Christians just read the Bible as if they are reading just a novel. But sometimes, not sometimes, actually all the time, anything that you read from the Bible, you're supposed to practice. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight, this afternoon, this morning, I am here to kindly humble myself in front of you and request, do not limit your relationship to miracles. 
Do not allow your situation to try and define God for you. Even if he does not come through. The three men that are tossed into a fire say to the king, King, it doesn't matter whether God saves us or not, but we won't bow. Not because, uh, we're not doing this because, because he's going to save us, even if he doesn't. Meaning, even if the miracle does not come true, because we are not praising him for miracles, we do not worship him for miracles. We worship him because he's the great I am. We worship him because he is God. We worship him because he is God. Not because we are pushed by situation to go and pray. We are not pushed by situation to go and worship. We worship him because he is God. And that's enough for me to pray. That's enough for me to take out time. Regardless of how busy I am, I cannot miss my time with God. I cannot miss my time with talking to my creator, my father. Without the expectation of a miracle that is going to come. May we not be pushed by the miracles that we want to see. But let us be pushed by the fact that he is God. Once again, do not allow God to be defined by the miracles that you want from him. Let me read the verse again. Instead, be concerned above everything else, above your need, above your wants. Let us be concerned about the kingdom of God with what he requires of you. He requires you to be righteous. He requires you to be holy. He requires you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He he requires that you become kind. He requires of you to practice what is in the Bible. And the Bible says, and he will provide you with all these other things. He will provide you. You do not even need to pray about it. Let me say that again. You do not need to pray for miracles. You do not need to pray for them. Only thing that you do, concern yourself. Seek ye first the kingdom and all other things will follow. He will provide these things. You won't need, he didn't say when you pray for these things, then he will give them to you. But it says concern yourself by seeking the kingdom and all that it requires of you. All that it requires of you. Concern yourself with that. And God will play his role. Play your role and God will play his role. Handle God's business by ensuring that you seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things shall follow. May God bless you. May God be with you. In the mighty name of the living Jesus Christ. Amen.